Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Good morning, Key. Morning. Good morning, morning. Key. Key Held that. Yeah. Morning, Jay. What's going on? What's going on? Everyone good? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm I'm great. Sneezing every 30 seconds. Still, huh? Well, that's because it's so warm out here and and the weather is so nice and you know what I'm saying? Everything is legit. <laughs> Everything is legit. <laughs> We're going to get back to the Lakers in a minute. Look at his face. Yeah, I, I know, can't like, even take that face seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is legit. <laughs> I beat you in the head with some... <laughs> Everything's legit. That's why I'm sneezing. Yo, it was it was like spring out here the last couple of days, and then it's supposed to rain today. And I thought it was supposed to be like seventy degrees tomorrow. Tomorrow, Don't but today it's supposed to rain. But you can't trust certain apps on your phone, man. The weather apps, the worst weather apps. All right, listen. There's some huge breaking news overnight. After winning NL MVP in 2020, he had 340. I'm saying this off the top of my head. I think it was 341. You know, 60 seasons, 60 mm-hmm. games in, in that in that um, COVID season. And then he won the World Series in 2021. Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman, who's like clockwork every year. And you know what you're, you know, like uh, once upon a time, Eddie Murray or, or, or Mark Teixeira or one of these dudes who every year at first base can hit right in the middle of your order. Pick it at first base. Six years, $162 million with your Los Angeles Dodgers, Keyshawn Johnson. The Dodgers, yes, that is correct. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the Dodgers would be the sixth team in Major League Baseball history with three MVPs from the previous four seasons. Like teams, you could say, oh, he won an MVP 15 years ago. No, three of the last four MVPs are now on the Dodgers. Yeah, For, this is uh, – go ahead, Max. Well, the Big Red Machine, when we were little kids, Keith, Big Red Machine was impossible, right? The Cincinnati yeah. – Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, Johnny Bench, Tony Perez, George Foster, all these dudes. Well, Joe Morgan, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench were the last time that you had three of the last four MVPs on the same team. Big Red Machine, by the way, went back-to-back 75-76. So, so how are you feeling, Key, about your Dodgers? I'm good. I, uh, Pat Costello asked me this morning, oh, what do you think about the Freddie Freeman signing? I said, ah, well, you know, we got a first baseman that can bat in the middle of the order, left-hander. That, that, works, that, that works great for us. I, he, he was like, huh? You just got a former – NL MVP, I know. We get, we're we getting rich all the time in Dodgerland. I think this is a huge he, – he's coming home. He's from California. It, it's a huge, huge pickup for us. Typically, as you know, Max, we do not spend money in open free agency. And before anyone says Mookie Betts, no. Mookie Betts was traded to us, and he became a free agent, and we re-signed him, opposed to going out and spending big money on guys. The last guy that I could think of – might have been Brown, the pitcher that we spent that hundred million dollars on, and that went Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown, that went south on us. Yeah, because you lose of, draft pick compensation when you just go out and f- sign a Type A free agent. This way, no, you you don't. 
You don't lose draft compensation. Yeah, when you when you sign a guy who's been who you, you're going to lose a you're going to lose draft, but that's one of the reasons oh. teams like the Dodgers don't do it. You meant when uh, I'm sorry, I thought you meant when we signed Kevin Brown. No, we, no, yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, no, but we also, from a payroll standpoint, the luxury tax has been one of those things that the Dodgers, I think, didn't believe in until they signed the big spectrum deal. And then all of a sudden, they don't mind being over the luxury tax and going right up against it because there's so much money that's out there. But in terms of first basements, I was trying to think in my head, who have we had at first base that I can remember outside of Steve Garvey? We had Eddie Murray, but that was Eddie Murray was at the end. He was just hanging on farewell tour. By the way, he still he had Los a Angeles. great season for you that one. He hit like three thirty one year with with yeah, power. But we but were, yeah, we were you know we had yeah. Greg Brocks and Sid Breams and and then we had uh, uh, Looney for a minute there. But other than that, we've been searching for first basemen. I know Cody Bellinger can certainly play that spot when he, when we needed him to, but. For the most part, he's a an outfielder, but this this solidifies our infield, no question about it. Aesop Choi, you're right. Like there's yep. been no great first baseman for the Dodgers, great ones that I can recall since Garvey. Well, I'm glad you guys got some positive news last night in LA because the game I watched last night was not positive by the Lakers. <laughs> hey man, watch out. I'm just Well the Lakers I'm did just... lose again. Uh, LA really? City of Champions, but the Lakers did lose again after an air ball by Russell Westbrook. Carl Anthony Towns was seen. Mocking the great Westbrook. Oh, oh, here's Westbrook after the game. I honestly don't pay no mind to it. Maybe the other guys are, and then they weren't talking to me. They were talking to individual guys particularly, but the trash talking doesn't bother me none. Nobody over there has done anything <laughs> that in this league that, you know, make oh, me put my God. eyes up. Like, oh, they're talking mess. Let me respond. No. Time so, for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Here's the thing about what I first off feel like, Max, you made this point the other day that when you lose in New York, you get a lot of venom that spit at you all the time. Right. People double, triple down on you. There's anger. There's hate. Boston, Philly. Same thing. Those those certain cities. But when you lose in L.A., you become irrelevant. Mm -hmm. People just stop caring. Right. So, you know, you know what we've done? You know what L.A. has done? They've turned this into the Russell Live Westbrook reality show. Like, that's what this is becoming. And as much as I love Russ. It's fine for him to sit up there and clap back at Carl Anthony Towns or Patrick Beverly for making fun of him airballing the shot. They were down early in the first quarter like they've always been. They didn't show you any fight, any sense of urgency. And you can clap back at them by saying, yeah, none of these guys have done anything because you have been a former MVP. But, damn, like your play on the court speaks exponentially louder than the words you can ever speak at a post-presser about what you did a long time ago. What are you doing now? Right now, Minnesota is in the playoffs. They're for a six or seven seed. You guys, we're not sure you're going to make the play-in tournament. What is going on, Jay? Like, Stan Van Gundy brought up the fact that if you look at Westbrook's rates and stuff like that. They're the that, same. It's the same dude. But to me, it looks like he forgot how to play basketball. Like, it just it's like a mental <laughs> you know, thing. Key, I mean, you're in L.A. I got to tell you, it, it, it's crazy over the past five or six years what's happened to this man's legacy from him being that MVP caliber player to now potentially next year going on his fifth team in five years his fifth team if he gets traded from the Lakers which he probably will in five years think about that for a second we're talking about Russ more so about how he reacts to fans about people disrespecting his last name about him shooting air balls about his attire we're talking about everything other than him on the court and his on the court performance well I you know I don't think it does anything to his legacy to be honest with you Jay I think when you 
know Westbrook and who he is as a player, he's always been the same. Nothing changed. I mean, yeah, he was an MVP at OKC, however many years ago that was. Yes, he was in Houston, Washington, L.A., and now you, you, everybody assume he's going to be on the move, including me. Um, but I don't think it hurts his, his legacy because he was never a pure shooter. He was a scorer at the cup. He was a hustle face. He was a board man. He was a triple-double waiting to walk into the building and happen. I think that is the way he will, will be remembered when his NBA career is over with, along with, oh, well, he couldn't shoot. Oh, he shot some air balls. But I don't think it does anything to but his see, legacy. But, CK, I, I think it, it does affect it to a degree because you said he's never changed, and that's the problem. Like, he's never tried to change his game. You're playing with one of the two greatest players to ever play the game, and you can't change around the style in which you play to help this team win. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the problem. It's, it's hard to watch because you know how proud Man, he is. Man, Max, you don't even understand. Uh, I can imagine. I get to look at it as a former professional athlete. I'm sitting there going. And also someone who's known him for a while. Right? What? And somebody, yeah, but not even aside from the personal side of things. I'm just talking about, I'm like, man, what the hell is wrong with him? You know, like it doesn't like as crazy as I am. I think I can go do that in the NBA. (laughs) Right. Literally, like if you right now, like I can go shoot and just miss. I I just I don't know what it is. It's hard. He's been my favorite player in the league at times. And and like it's hard for me to watch, man. I love the way he goes at it. But this is hard to watch. Straight talk wireless. No contract, no compromise. Play along with us and download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app presented by WebEx to fill out your brackets. He did average a triple-double for three seasons. That's never going to be forgotten. Filling out brackets with ESPN is free and easy. Coming up next, the NCAA Tournament starts today. Jay's got three games that you cannot miss. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Jay's three-man weave. All right, Jay, you heard, you heard the man. Three-man weave, Jay's top three bets of Thursday's NCAA opening round. Have you ever ran a three-man weave, Max? No. <laughs> Man, We're definitely never ran a three man. Never ran a three man. We max. I mean, like you oh, mean kid, when I'm a, a you're talking about you're talking about you when me, I'm a kid. Get a key, Jay. pass and run behind. Yeah. Pass and run, hey, run behind. Ah, yeah, key. That's think, what I'm talking about. I honestly think my daughter has run more than I have, more three-man weaves than I have you're in my life just, right at this oh, point. You're saying just run in general. No, no, she's she's run more of those just in basketball practice nowadays than I ever have, yeah. All right, so this is what we're going to start doing. You're going to get my three bets of the day. Obviously, today kicks off the first official day of the tournament, in my opinion, Thursday game. So, first up, we got Georgia State against Gonzaga. Now, you're probably number saying – Number three. Yeah, number three. Um, 
whatever. They're just three bets, not no particular order. Um, but so the Zags, 24 points. Minus 24 for the Zags. Now, I, I think the Zags are a really good basketball team. But, look, Georgia State got off to a rough start this season. Injuries, COVID. Uh, they won their last 12 of 13 games, including the Sun Belt Championship. I just think 24 points is a lot because this team has experienced guards for Georgia State. They can control the pace of the game. They have size at the rim. I'm not saying to beat Gonzaga, but to combat their size. 24 points is a lot of points. I'm, I'm going to take Georgia State as the dogs in this one. Mm, I'm someone take gives you one. 24 points. There's a reason. On the other hand, take it. 24 yeah, points? I'm going to take that for Georgia Number State. Number two. I got Marquette versus UNC. So UNC minus three and a half in this game. Uh, but it's interesting. Marquette has gone through some struggles. They're not coming into the tournament as well. But, man, when they start making shots from the outside and when they start knocking down threes, they are lethal. This team is coached by Shaka Smart. He used to be the head coach over at Texas. So it gives you insight into the relentless style of basketball they play, how they pressure the ball. Now, they've also had some big wins. They beat Illinois. They beat Providence. They swept Villanova. They beat Seton Hall. uh, And they ranked. 55th nationally in steals per game. If there's one thing you've seen against North Carolina to combat their sides, it's teams that have knocked down three-point shots, okay? Like Pitt's, uh, Pitt beat them because uh, they scored 10 threes, and that's what they have to do, right? You've seen Virginia Tech knock down threes against North Carolina. That seems to be their Achilles heel. See what I did there? <laughs> yes. So that is another bet. I'll take in Marquette to win this game on the money line. Number one. And number one, I'm going to go Vermont – Against Arkansas, Arkansas, Vermont plus five. That's my pick on this one. Arkansas is a team, listen to me, they can make a deep run. They have the size. They have the frame. They play fast. I get it. But they're just so erratic when it comes to scoring the rock, right? It it, it feels like they can beat you by 20 or they can lose by 10. And Vermont is a team that knows how to play. They are extremely well coached. They don't turn the ball over. They get the real deal offensively, and they rank number one nationally in defensive rebounding rate. I'm telling you, the Catamounts are the real deal. I'm taking Vermont plus five. Yes, y'all, that's great. And you did a terrific job in naming Marquettes and the Vermonts and the Arkansas and the UNCs, the Gonzagas and the Georgia State. What I really want to (laughs) know is how much money are you betting on this? Or you, or your money? What do you What do you actually put that cash on, Jay? I'm probably I'm, I'm going to go 150 per game. I'll probably go 150 per game, and I'm, I'm going to openly bet with you guys. So I'm going to mark it down 150 per game or what my bets are. You guys have my bets, and we'll keep tabs of it. And then tomorrow I'll give you my Friday bets, depending upon how much. But I have a thousand dollars I'm betting with for this can, tournament. Can you Can you parlay these three? I don't know much about the betting game, but can you parlay the three? Speaking of the parlay guy, let's bring in the parlay expert, Alan Gates. Would you parlay these three? Would I? Yeah. See, I got, I got, I got, I got $10. Yates yeah, will parlay right anything. That's all Yates does Yates every day parlay. is parlay. Yates will parlay which raindrop falls down the window first with how fast the grass is going to grow. That sounds, see, what, what now that sounds like talking, a, Max? That sounds like a problem with me, then. We need to. <laughs> yeah, so we need we're to openly sure admitting, Key, that we have problems. That's what we're Yates, doing what's right the longest now? parlay you hit recently? One I hit or almost hit? Hit Okay. Okay, almost hit. <laughs> almost hit was a 16-legger. I lost because Jimmy Butler had 16 points at the end of the fourth, didn't score oh, a 17th see. point. A 16-leg so di- parlay? 
Yates, when what the we hell when, is a when, sixteen when, leg parlay? Yates, Yates when no we key. openly admit that we have problems, then you have to play the disclaimer after the fan duel. So key, okay? he's he's betting that sixteen different things will happen. That's a bad bet. <laughs> no, <laughs> no we, he gets fifteen hit, of them. Key, but if it hits, oh no. yeah, but I'm not playing the if game. Yeah, but you're if not, you're hits, not putting Yates, down a lot of money for parlays. You know if, what I mean? If it hits, Yates is coming in like Chappelle after he married Oprah on the show. You see this? I never approved this. <laughs> but then, but then if he don't, but if he if he don't hit Max, he calling you. He yeah. does it every day. That's all we talk yeah. about in the morning. Yes, yeah, you may have a problem. They might be right. Hey Jay, yeah. before, before we get out of here on this segment, I need to ask about Coach K because you have been. I yeah, I, I can't tell if it's because you're guarding yourself emotionally. No, I'm being real. Or, about or it. you're just doing sober analysis. What? How important is it for Coach K? Instead of like, what are the odds? How important is it for him to make? a deep tournament run in his last year with all this fanfare. Think about that question you just asked me. You're a smart man. Well, I have to ask him. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 obviously, so you want to see him go out on top. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him get a sixth national championship. I got to tell you, I'm concerned. I don't, I don't know if they're going to come out the first weekend. I, listen, I don't, I don't know. Th- if they, I'm telling you, Michigan State, if they're able to get by both their first-round games, which I predict them to. Michigan State's going to be a really tough matchup for them. Now, Michigan State can't score like them, but Michigan State is a better defensive team, and Michigan State has beaten teams in the gauntlet of the Big Ten. And I don't know how Duke, a young basketball team, could handle maybe getting punched in the mouth from a Michigan State team that feels like they know who they are. Now, they have issues scoring the Rock, too. But defensively, that's going to be a big-time challenge. And Tom Izzo is one hell of a tournament coach. So is Coach K, but that would be the matchup I would be worried about. Yeah, key. I, you know, I obviously, <laughs> Coach K's legacy is is going to be just fine yeah, no matter what yeah, happens. So, yeah, but you so. are compare like when when you ask that question, you're, what you're really comparing is what the legacy will be versus what it could potentially be. Like if he were to make even a deep run, you get to the elite eight this year in your last year. That's a big thing. I think people will remember that, and it just enhances the legacy. Obviously, well, it doesn't yeah, take if away he, if he can make a push and make it exciting, of course, he'd just be like, oh man, if he just had one more year, he might be able to do it. I think, but in terms of his legacy, we all know that that's already cemented. He's straight. We don't even have to worry about that. Yeah, and Max, I'll be real with you. Like, other people, like, I'm a little crazy, and but I come from that style of crazy, right? Sure. That's why you've been able to achieve at that level of success. So other people will most definitely put it into perspective, right, about, oh, if he gets to Elite Eight, what does this mean? But where I come from, either you win it or yeah. you lose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, listen to the way I framed my three years. I'm like, oh, man, we, we lost to Florida my first year. They lost to Michigan State in the championship game. Like, we lost to Indiana my third year. They lost to a team, Maryland. We beat two out of three times in a championship game. You wanted it. You wanted Like, every year, that's yeah. what – and for these kids, that's what it is. You come there to win chips or you don't. Absolutely. Oh. Joe Montana's legacy was straight. When he got to the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs at the end, it was like, oh, my God. It's like a cherry on top. But it's not like he wouldn't be Joe Montana without that. Coach K is the greatest coach since John Wooden, at least in college basketball, right? Coming up next, is Baker Mayfield's time in Cleveland coming to an end? G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2 are presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can play along with us and download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app presented by WebEx to fill out your brackets. Filling out brackets with ESPN are the two greatest things in life, free and easy. Diana Rossini guys tweeted yesterday, after some conversations, even if the Cleveland Browns are not able to land quarterback Deshaun Watson, I get the sense, or the sense I get, is Baker Mayfield will still consider other options. Here is Diana yesterday on ESPN Radio on Baker Mayfield. It's over. That's basically how I'm looking at it in Cleveland. How do you move on from here, right? Like, how do you now say, well, Baker, we actually do like you. You are great. We we, we do believe in you. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It wasn't handled in the best ways based on, on Baker's people. And, and it seems that Cleveland is ready to, to see what else is out there. Key, yep. has the, has this an untenable situation now? Baker staying on, on the Cleveland Browns, is it's irreparable at this point? He's got to go? Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's, it's very difficult, man, when you, when you put somebody out there in the public as trade bait or you show a lack of respect to your player by not communicating with him, allowing him to have a communication with you about what and how the plan should go and what what they should do in terms of keeping it in-house. When you air out your dirty laundry, this is what you get. Baker Mayfield doesn't want to be in Cleveland anymore, clearly based on what he tweeted out the other day in his long message to the Cleveland Brown fans. He's already anticipating an exit. It's very hard, like Diana says, going in – Again, and saying, oh, Baker, we like you when we just told you, well, you're not the right. Like I said yesterday, it's like me leaving you at the dinner table after we go to dinner, Max, and I get up to go to the restroom, and I keep going out the back door. And you're like, well, where did you go? Well, I went to talk to somebody else because she looked a little bit better. I mean, it's that sort of deal. Better than me? She looked better than (laughs) me, Key? So listen, uh, I I hear, why is, like, Jay, that's not the same thing in the NBA, right? Like, you got, you got to talk to other teams about a trade that doesn't work out. The guy stays put. Yeah, I mean, guys sit on the bench. I mean, we watched our Boogie Cousins for a while. We've seen that 
with multiple guys where they sit on the bench, maybe they decide to play, maybe they don't, but it's not the same uh, abrasiveness that I feel like happens in the NFL with a guy like Baker. And, 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 and Key, here, so here, here would be my concern, and I get it that it's really not up to him, but something I said yesterday, if you're Baker is, you know, if you have one more year to play before you go into free agency to get your bag, not knowing what situation you're going to go to, like having that in the hands of the Browns puts him in such a precarious situation. And I know he has no say once again, but the team he's potentially leaving if they don't want him, having Nick Chubb, having Kareem Hunt, having Amari Cooper, it has to be a part of this is like, just damn, like playing with this type of personnel will probably put me in the best position to earn the most money as possible other than probably not going to, I have no idea where the hell I'm going to go. I could end up in a really bad situation where, that can hurt my future earning potential. Yeah, it, 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 look, you can look at it a couple ways, Jay. In in the NFL, just like in the NBA and other sports, baseball, they're scouting departments. And they will evaluate you based on what they think you are. Matthew Stafford was buried in Detroit for many years. But the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, and Les Sneed did enough intel to figure out this is the guy if he was on a better team and they wouldn't want a Super Bowl. So him going from Cleveland to a disastrous place that doesn't have the necessary offensive weapons, and let's say his numbers are less than or equal to what he did in Cleveland, if you know what you're looking at, you can project what he would be in your system, what he would be for you, opposed to what you think statistically he needs to put up so that he can wow everybody. Deshaun Watson, for instance, hasn't played football in over a year. But people saw enough to know that dude right there, it, yeah, we like him. We'll go give you whatever you want to get him. And that's all Baker Mayfield can rely so, on. So, Key, Jay, Chris Mortensen, ESPN NFL Insider, of course, on the 3 p.m. Sports Center special yesterday that followed a terrific show this just in, 2 p.m. Eastern, handsome host, as you all know. This is what he had to say about the Browns and Baker's relationship changing. I believe they're breaking up, regardless of whether or not Deshaun Watson ends up in Cleveland. And the one thing I was told is that it's just not a match emotionally, whereas Baker Mayfield's passion and emotional leadership was embraced at Oklahoma. And even in the beginning with the Browns, things have changed, and they want what they consider an adult at that position. Well, here you go again, right? They want an adult at the position. They don't want a guy. You you go all the way back to – OBJ's exit from the Cleveland Browns. Whether people would like to admit it or not, I'm taking you inside the locker room. It certainly affected that locker room and how people on that team may have viewed Baker Mayfield. Uh, The front office talks to teammates. It affected Landry's relationship, Jarvis Landry's relationship with Baker Mayfield because his best friend was essentially the scapegoat who went on to win a Super Bowl in Odell Beckham Jr., so you lose the locker room, you lose a lot as a player because players know who you are. It's not that Baker Mayfield was being petty behind OBJ's back or anything like that. It's just one guy who, that we love and respect was outed, and here another guy is that we really just play with is here, and everybody's blaming the other guy. Yeah, like, And that's how you lose your locker room. I imagine, especially for a quarterback who's not – Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers talented, uniting they, a locker Max, room but, and relating but, to dudes. Yeah, but see, you said 
not that talented, right? Yeah. You know why they don't have problems? Because they can play. Right, right. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Especially when – I mean, I, to me, Baker can play. Like, I keep in mind – he was in the AFC Championship game, lost a competitive game to Patrick Mahomes by one score. And, they, like, that's not nothing. I know the team is good around him, but that's not nothing. I think, I think Baker can play. This is going back a couple years, right? Mm-hmm. You, mean, you mean the divisional game? No, that was, that was the AFC Championship game, wasn't it? No, divisional. Divisional, divisional game? game. Divisional. That's fine. Divisional. They, they only won. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's divisional. right. Because that's all. Well, so divisional game. It's fine. You, you watch a lot of I'm sports. trying to remember who Patrick Mahomes won the AFC Championship game. Tennessee. Yeah, that I was going to go back Tennessee. to That's right, Tennessee. Yeah, but, yeah but that's okay. Quick, that's right. Real quick. So he, but he advanced in the playoffs, the point yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Baker Mayfield, to me, can play a little, but not enough to where you – like, he's got to be able to rock with – like people in the locker room got to be able to rock with him, as the kids say nowadays, yeah. right? You got to be able to relate to people and unify things. And so the question is, Jay, let me but, start. Do teammates start checking out on players when they hear trade rumors? One thousand percent. I mean, it, I mean, Key, I, I was going to give you an example of Duke Johnson Jr. You're, do you remember who he was? Yeah, the running back. Yeah, running back played for the Browns. Yeah, uh, had a little bit of a contract issue. When, so he was going through that, and Baker tweeted out at that time, you're either on this train or you're not. It's moving. You can yeah. get out of the way or you can join us, right? So I don't know if you saw what Duke Johnson Jr. tweeted the other day. He no, t- I didn't. He tweeted Give it to a, me. a train crashing. <laughs> like, I'm glad I'm not on that train. But I, I, and I, I get that not every teammate is, is going to be on your side. But I, I do feel like when stuff is looming, how you handle that key even if people don't know all the details from the outside looking in, how Baker handles adversity is interesting to well, how you would want to buy into more stock with Baker. But it's it also hesitant about it. But it's also, Jay, how you accept this responsibility as a team leader, uh, as the quarterback of a team. Sometimes you can be very delusional. And what happens in professional sports and athletes in particular is you become very delusional on who you are as a player. Uh, And I said this to you guys yesterday. Baker Mayfield thinks he's on the same level as Deshaun Watson. That's why his feelings got hurt when they went out to get Deshaun Watson. That's not the case. Deshaun Watson is better than you. And you have to accept that and understand that and know that. And if you can do those sort of things, then you can come to the realization that they're looking to get better at that position. You have to get better at doing the things you can do. And I and sometimes guys don't understand that, so they get hurt, Jay, when they're dangled out there as trade bait. It's hard to get someone to understand something, the saying goes, when their livelihood depends on them not understanding it, right? Yeah. So, like, if, if Baker Mayfield, if you made him the GM tomorrow – and his paycheck depended on him fielding the best team, he would trade for Deshaun Watson. Like, if his paycheck <laughs> depended on it. But his paycheck depends on him thinking that he could get it done, right? That's what it yeah, depends but on. It, it, and, and I get that. It's like, as I always tell you, Jay, once upon a time when I was a young pup, I went out and Michael Jordan entered the room. I know I ain't no damn Michael Jordan. What, mm-hmm. what you think? You think that the lights are like, come on, you got to know who you are. Mm-hmm. You got to know. I know I ain't no damn Jerry Rice. You think if Jerry Rice came on the team, all of a sudden they going to stop throwing uh, Jerry Rice the ball and give it to me more? No, they're going to give it to Jerry Rice. That's the reality of it. And until you accept that and understand that, you're going to always live 
in delusion as you as if you are this amazing quarterback and, and, and yet and don't have anything to work on. And yet it's a fine line because part of that delusion helps you become that, great. Yes, yes that agreed. people live in. You can't but, tell Paul Pierce he's not the best player ever, right? It's one of the reasons he was Paul Pierce but, because he had that mentality. But, but Paul Pierce more was willing a Hall to, of Famer. Though. No yeah, 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 that's no exactly doubt. my point. You're way more willing to accept yeah. that type of delusion if you are incredible. Like Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot that comes with Aaron Rodgers, but I'll accept all the chaos. You're Aaron Rodgers. Baker yes. Mayfield I don't have to accept all that. Chaos. Think about it, Max. Hmm. So, uh, Jay talked about the, the running back just now. Duke Johnson, uh, Jr. Duke sure. Johnson. Landry wants out. They, they're letting him seek a trade. OBJ wanted out. He went on to win a Super Bowl. And what you don't hear, Max, is you don't hear any other players on his team tweeting anything. You don't hear him saying the silence anything. is deafening. The silence is deafening. Anything. Yeah. None of them have said, "Man, y'all doing Baker wrong. Y'all need to chill." None of them yeah. have said anything. I'll tell you what. I said this back when Cleveland first got Odell. The one, like, because Cleveland looked loaded. Remember when they got now they're adding Odell to that mix. The whole thing was dependent on that locker room looking at Baker and because because the rest of them know that they're ballers. Odell looks at Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb look at this. They all know that's a baller, like real recognized game, recognized game. If they start looking at Baker, because remember early on, number one draft pick, oh, he's accurate, he's this, that, and start thinking he's not a baller, now you start to have a problem. At that point, to me, Baker could still keep it together if he, as you say, he understands where he fits in. Got to understand, in, man. instead – he alienated Odell, and the rest of the team's got to be thinking, I mean, Nick, you, you're not in the position to do that. Nick Chubb did make a positive comment about him back in early January that, you know, for him battling and fighting through adversity. I, I just think as of lately, when all this stuff has started, we haven't heard a player as of lately come out and defend him. I, I mean, I'll, look, I think Baker's pretty good. I think some of these other players you're mentioning are better. Oh, right? I agree. Yeah. Um. Scratches, dents, and dings on your car. That's right. There's a non sequitur. Look it up. When life throws you uh-ohs, just say, better get Mako. Go to Mako.com today. Freddie Freeman, after being all those years with the Atlanta Braves, he is now a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Six years, $162 million deal. But the Dodgers kind of made the most sense once the Braves locked up Matt Olson, and then that's where things landed. Buster only ESPN MLB insider joins us now on Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Buster, good morning. What did, did, did this come out of left field? Were you expecting this Freddie Freeman contract with the Dodgers? What happened here? Yeah, uh, I mean, based on what I'd heard during the over the lockout and just before they got to that, and how you know the negotiations between the Braves and Freddie had hit hit an impasse, and there was a sense in the Freeman camp that you know what we, he might have to go someplace else. Um, I'm not surprised, you know. It, would, uh, it uh, but when you see the final numbers, I would say this, and I'm really curious to see you know what each side said. If both sides talk about how the negotiations play out, um, I am surprised that in the end that he didn't land with the Braves. Um, when you see, you know, he got $162 million from the Dodgers, and I got to say, as the game of musical chairs played out, I think the Dodgers kind of bailed him out a little bit. I don't think he had a lot of, you know, big op contractual options once the Braves made the deal for Olsen, 
Uh, you know, once the Yankees decided he, he was too expensive, the, the Blue Jays trade for Matt Chapman yesterday, he gets $162 million. When you apply uh, the state tax in California and my sense of, you know, where the Braves uh, were willing to go, they really weren't that far apart. So whoever that's on, you know, we'll wait and see and hear the voices. But it's surprising that he didn't wind up signing with the Braves. And that surprise, Buster, and you talked about taxes and all the other things, and they were close. Did going back home play a part, getting back to California play a big part in this? If I think his absolute preference was to stay with the Braves key, and I know that because in the aftermath of, of everything that played out earlier this week where the, the Braves make the move on Olsen and slam the door shut and Freddie coming back, you know, he did communicate to others in the Braves organization uh, how upset he was that uh, it turned out that he wasn't back in their camp. But the Dodgers were always the strong second option, I think, because uh, he gets to go back to his home state. Uh, you know, he goes to a team that's going to compete for a championship every year. Uh, and, you know, the Dodgers are known like the Braves for having a great clubhouse. You know, in the last few days, there's been talk about, well, the Tampa Bay Rays might uh, make a run at Freddie. They may be more aggressive than what people realize. And, and whenever I'd hear that, I'd go, really? Like, Freddie's going to go from playing in that great baseball, baseball atmosphere in Atlanta to going and playing his home games in a, in a place where there's more cowbells than fans? No way. <laughs> you know, so to go back to the Dodgers makes complete sense, uh, given how it played out with the Braves. Buster, only ESPN Baseball Insider joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Buster, where does this lineup, when the lineup is set, where would this lineup stack up historically in baseball? Because I have my own theories and thoughts when I look at the Dodgers historically with lineups, but where do you stack this up at? I got to say, uh, because remember, we're we're looking at it from 30,000 feet, where the Dodgers were at the end of the last regular season and where they uh, are going into this year. I don't think it's that much different because they lost Corey Seager, you know, and Freddie's a great hitter. Uh, you know, he's one of the, he's such an unusual hitter with that style of hitting the ball to left center field as a left-handed hitter. Uh, but having him in that lineup is certainly with Max Muncy, assuming that he's able to come back, Mookie Betts, uh, Trey Turner, uh, you know, who is an MVP style candidate. It was strong at the end of last year, and it'll be strong going into this year. Is it one of the you know best lineups we've ever seen? Not necessarily. I, I think they are where they were when they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. ESPN Baseball Insider Buster Olney joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Buster, what else or what other moves should we keep an eye on? Uh, number one on the board, big board, no question, is Trevor Story. Uh, who is uh, he and Carlos Correa, I should say. The two elite shortstops are still on the board. Correa is in negotiations with the Astros, who made him two offers last year. He turned it down. He talked about the Astros almost like in past tense at the end of the World Series last fall. But in this moment, it might make sense for him to go back there because I don't think there are any big market teams that are are out there right now with $300 million to spend. So maybe he tries to work it out to go back to Houston, and I'm just pulling numbers out of uh, out of the air. Let's say you know six years, two hundred and ten million dollars, but with an opt out after the first year, which would allow Carlos potentially to go back out into the marketplace uh, and get the three hundred million dollar deal. And Trevor's story, uh, you know, maybe the, he's in competition uh, for that uh, opening with the Astros. Minnesota Twins have been connected with him. 
those are the two big names that are going to fall here, I think, in the next uh, 72, 96 hours. Buster, I'm thinking of the Freddie Freeman signing, and I, I'm a Yankees fan. I think about the Mark Teixeira signing for the Yankees. It's similar to me, similar point in their career, similar kind of level of player, et cetera. Yankees won a World Series with that deal, but draft compensation they lost turned out to be Mike Trout that went to the Angels, right? So, like, there's always that kind of um, calculation that teams have to make. What has the reaction been across baseball to Chris Bryant signing a seven-year, $182 million deal with the Rockies? Uh, Absolute shock. I tweeted out last night on a scale of 1 to 10, the shock in the industry is at an 11. Because a lot of teams were wondering if Chris Bryant, because of what's gone on in his career and the trajectory of in recent years, whether he would even get $100 million. And then you have the Rockies who wound up dealing away Nolan Arenado and eating a lot of that contract in that deal with the St. Louis Cardinals, nearly doubling the type of numbers that people expected. Uh, Because Chris, you know, had had some bad years in recent years. There had been a question about, boy, it doesn't look like he's as good at at third base as he used to be. Uh, It doesn't look like he's going to be someone who's going to be serviceable as an outfielder uh, into his mid to late 30s. And now you have a situation where if he's going to play the outfield in Colorado, it's the biggest outfield in baseball. Mm. Uh, and so people with other teams immediately after the news of that broke yesterday uh, were texting me going, what is going on? Did, have they seen the last few years? It like, it's like they weren't watching baseball. Yeah, but it's nuts. They must have an analytics department that says, oh, it, you know, in mile high, he's going to hit a million home runs. Buster only ESPN MLB insider. From Brave Spring Training. Thanks, as always, Buster. Great to hear from you. All right, Buster. Thanks, guys. Good to talk Mm -hmm. with you. What version of Michael Jordan is this LeBron? We'll explain. Coming up in a matter of moments. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.